welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Waffle Loop Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin, joined by a very special guest. This man is his company is ruling the internet. Uh, basically, the holy god of fraternities everywhere. Uh, it is the COO of Friday Beers slash Almost Friday Media, Max Barrett. Max, our our studio audience is going crazy. I just wanted to know. That was a glowing, glowing introduction. I will clarify though. I'm I'm the CCO, Chief Creative CCO. Officer. Yeah. Fuck, too many letters. God damn it. I don't know shit about operations, but uh, <laughs> we got we got a guy for that. That's why. Um, yeah, so thanks for coming on the show, uh, especially after I just butchered your fucking job title. <laughs> uh, so I was just doing some research and uh, I, you started the company with your brothers and stuff like that. And you guys were always very competitive from what I like listened to and read. Um, was that always something that just like from the beginning, like whether it was through sports or anything else, that just the competitive nature and just like, I want to fucking win? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, growing up, my brother Jack, who uh, I started the company with, and Sam, our little brother, but Jack and I are 18 months apart. So as anyone with a sibling growing up understands, just like sibling rivalries. And uh, so there was always just like that innate uh, competition and whether it was, it was yeah, mostly like sports, but um, Jack was also, I mean, just way, way smarter than me. So just set a high standard across everything that was always just in my face of like <laughs> what I should be you know achieving um and I think yeah that we kind of we challenged each other that way and that that competitive nature was born from growing up together and like the sibling rivalry and the sports stuff but then uh can be applied to a lot of different things whether it's you know, now it's business and comedy and it's, it's like, it's weird to de describe uh, being competitive at comedy. It doesn't like, you know, it's, but there, there's definitely is uh, that's that, that definitely feels it too. Like wanting to, you want your uh, joke to be the best or you want yeah, your sketch yeah. to be the best. And like, you know, when I look at other comedians or like comedy pages, like there's, I find them funny, but then I'm also like jealous and like, you know, it, it makes me want to be better than them. Uh, and I think, but that, that wasn't the case, you know, in, until like a few years ago. Uh, but once I really got started in like the comedy world and, uh, you know, growing this business, it, it just naturally that competitive fire like applies itself. So, First of all, Jack sounds like the type of guy that was like, I did so bad on a test and then got like a 95, <laughs> like that fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was always overachiever, nerd. Um, <laughs> Shove him in a locker. Yeah, he would, he would get so nervous about his grades. And I was like, dude, relax. <laughs> You're fine. So uh, what was, uh, so I have an older brother and there have been numerous like injuries or fights that have just gotten out of control <laughs> was there is there one that sticks out um yeah we i mean we would like it would scrap a little bit but nothing too serious the most serious injury was uh just it was an accidental injury we we're playing one-on-one -on -one in our driveway and jack was yeah he was guarding me and i, I think i put my shoulder down and like 
hit him like right like in the cheekbone and like fucked up his eye and got like this huge huge black eye uh but i think that yeah again that's accidental you know that's not <laughs> that's not even a flagrant one that's just that's part of the game no layups we're, we're uh, playing yeah. 80s rules <laughs> uh but yeah we never we, we weren't we weren't like yeah beating each other up like that really it was more just uh um it, it was more just like who like, who was performing better or uh you know scoring more points or whatever it was it, it was never like i want to beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> oh no 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 my brother would do stuff like uh he like shot me in the eye with my own nerf gun one time mm-hmm. Like that, it was just yeah. stuff that it was just. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we never got into the uh, the gun violence, but <laughs> there, probably there, for the better. There are some so, moments. Yeah. So, I read that you um you guys grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, which I, on the white person scale, definitely towards the the whiter end. Uh, <laughs> Is uh, maybe the whitest? Yeah. Probably, definitely. The Maine and New Hampshire definitely in the running, though. I would say that. Uh, but like, when did it start? When did you start realizing that you had a creative itch that you wanted to just explore, um, creating sketches and stuff yeah. like that that may not have necessarily been like encouraged in yeah. Connecticut. Uh yeah, it's it's a it's a good question, and uh, it's something that it, yeah, it's you know, Greenwich, Connecticut is. There are like basic, Jack and I joke like there are three careers that you're you know expected to end up in like doctor, lawyer, or uh, finance. Like, and and if you're not, if you don't end up in one of those, like you're a failure. So there's there isn't a ton of like creative energy or encouragement to do anything that doesn't follow one of those paths um so growing up like always loved comedy and like my you know my outlet was you know I grew up in kind of like the heyday like YouTube sketch comedy good neighbor stuff mail order comedy dare comedy uh so I was just a big fan um like watching you know it's always sunny in the office and arrested development and me and Jack were just like huge comedy nerds like we we loved it uh, but we never like thought about like, can we do this? It just wasn't even on the radar. Uh, and I think the, the you know, the the first person who I ever like saw as because when you're growing up, you look at like, what do you, you know, your parents do and your friends' parents do, and they're all just doing <laughs> finance jobs. So uh, the the one person who was doing something different was my my uncle. Uh, his name's Jamie Barrett, and he he's a creative director in San Francisco. He, he used to work at he's worked at a bunch of big ad agencies, Wyden and Kennedy, and uh, GSP, and um, now he runs his own firm. But he was the one guy who, uh, super smart dude, talented, successful, but doing something that was creative and fun. And you know, he would we would go on sets with him when he was shooting commercials with Michael Jordan and. Andre Andre Agassi and yeah, actually I will say, uh, I like to tell this to people that the Michael Jordan quote that everyone um, attributes to MJ about I've I've missed twenty thousand shots I've I fail over and over and over and that's why I succeed. My, Jamie wrote that ad. That's not Michael Jordan's quote. 
like that, that that is copy that jamie wrote so next time someone tries to say like mj said that like, no actually jamie barrett wrote that for him oh uh, shit <laughs> damn but i just yeah it was just like it was it was the first per- person where i i saw like oh there's there's a viable career path here and uh but i was still way too nervous to i really like dive into it and uh it wasn't until like the end of my college career i went to georgetown and i was finance major and just doing like shitty finance internships and i just got so fed up with it by the time i was a senior i was like i need i can't do like i'm gonna hate my life if i keep working in finance or some finance adjacent job and i uh i asked jamie like you know what what should i do and he was uh he was the first dude to be like oh yeah you should you know go to uh go to like a creative advertising school after you graduate learn copywriting and you'll be able to get a job in in advertising so it took me 21 years to (laughs) just like have the the courage or the uh, uh the motivation to scratch that itch um it didn't yeah it wasn't something that I really ever thought was possible before then so uh, I know for me like whenever I put stuff out I always have the feeling of like uh that first little bit of anxiety where it's like ah shit how is this gonna go uh-huh. what are people gonna say um what what was that like for you and how did you overcome that um yeah it's it's an incredibly like vulnerable and like s- stressful thing to put stuff out in the world that you have to like own and like put your name on and and it's and like see how people react it's very personal so i uh you know when i first like at the end of college i made like i just make like you know funny videos for my friends or uh for like you know school projects just like trying to kind of like slightly inject like some humor and stuff and uh they weren't like big big jumps into it and after a while you know you just gotta i was like your first 100 attempts aren't going to be very good uh but for me it was just it was more about like i like doing this like i enjoy it so i don't really care like what how people perceive me because like for me it's fulfilling and it's rewarding and i'm having fun and i think that's the biggest thing to get over that hurdle is like you gotta really stop caring about what other people think um and that and you know it's it's cliche but like that that's the truth like you, you can't be like nervous about oh like yeah are people gonna you know think I suck or like tell me this is shit and you will get better as you do it and eventually um you know <laughs> that sentiment will change and like it, people will start responding to it what you're putting out if um if you're really like committed and passionate and like improving upon uh the content and I, I will say unless like everything you're putting out people are like stop this is horrible like <laughs> It really, for me, it was, and, you know, when we first started making sketch comedy, like, in my early 20s, I, it was more just about 
people who thought it was funny and like believed in it. And it, I took way, uh, placed way more value in that. I was like, okay, if a handful of my friends think it's funny, then maybe like some of their friends will think it's funny eventually. And um, as long as, you know, there is a positive response out there, like focus on like the, you know, the people who are enjoying it and why they're enjoying it and, and let, you know, feed, feed off that, like the night, the negative stuff, like there, there'll always be negativity out there. And if, if that's what you fix it on, then it's pretty easy to give up on shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was telling you like before we really started getting going that I made a few sketches and like, you just see the comments and it's tough to like see someone say this is shit or stop or whatever. And it's like, yo, not even fun. I have a, there's a comment that I made. I made a sketch and the comment underneath it was, uh, this is the worst banter I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, I feel bad for this kid. I've screenshotted it, printed it out, blew it up or whatever, printed it out. And that's just hanging like above my door. Cause I was like, I'm determined to never make something like that <laughs> bad ever again. Yeah. You get, I mean, use that as motivation. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, the, the people who comment, who make comments like that on the internet, it just feels like they're, they're mad about something else. You know, if, if they're mo- motivated to be that negative publicly, I, you know, I don't take too much, place too much stock in it. That's fair. So like, what i mean i'm a comedy geek over here like what are there specific like components to what, what makes a good sketch in your opinion uh yes i uh and i think this was this isn't an original uh quote but i think it was the lonely island guys who said like what makes great comedy is uh subverting expectations and juxtaposing the incongruent which are very big words and yeah i was gonna say that's a lot yeah. of geometry talk basically <laughs> uh, i think and if you look at some of their like the the their early stuff and like the music videos like uh you know the um the spring break anthem music video, I think is a really good example of exactly that. Like taking the essence of spring break, which is like rap bros getting laid, getting fucked up, hooking up with chicks. And then throughout the course of the video, they start injecting, um, uh, marrying a guy like gay marriage. (laughs) And it's like, that's, I mean, that's what, you know, I feel like that's how, I don't know how they came up with that sketch idea, but I imagine it was like, okay, what is the opposite of this party hard alpha male spring break vibe gay marriage? And how do we bring those two together? And like, they made this uh, spring break anthem, like one of the funniest music videos ever made. Uh, but it started from, and when you boil it down, it's just like, okay, what are the two most polar opposite things and how do we make them work together and what feels like a cohesive sketch? Um, so I think, yeah, those are those are the, the two things. It's, it's always like digging when uh, people expect you to zag. And I think a big part of what's made fried beers 
successful and and all like the the videos we post the uh, videos we posted initially and also the uh like the sketch comedy stuff is it's kind of repurposing bro humor as like it's like anti-bro bro humor it's like making fun of the tropes and the characters and you know the traditions of party culture uh and you know we work with a bunch of uh hilarious comedians who are, are experts at that and if you watch some of the sketches with you know will angus and liam and billy and chet uh they do a great job of taking a relatable concept in like the uh like the the bro world like they'll take um you know there's a, a great sketch they do where it's like a bouncer Liam plays a bouncer and like this kid uh shows up with his fake ID um and he hands him his you know his uh his ID and the guy's like you know this isn't yours and then he looks at he looks again at like the name and like everyone knows that feeling of like going to a bouncer and like you're nervous shit in your pants yeah uh but then like the the you know, Liam as a bouncer kind of looks at the the name on the card and he's like wait a second he's like is your father and like he like he named his father and then angus is like like wait how do you how do you know him like and they and they goes into this whole like backstory of like they're part of like this almost like lord of the Rings style <laughs> like you know action adventure story <laughs> and like liam is like it's like he, it's he's found like the missing son and he's like oh my god like you you need to go like uh like like take like take this emerald and like go uh <laughs> I, I you gotta watch the sketch but it, yeah it, it takes a huge turn but it it starts off with like oh like this is a, a relatable thing that all you know all people get who have ever uh, gone to a bar um so i think that is yeah it's always about like just yeah trying to be uh as like unpredictable as possible so that's and i think that's awesome and i think that's something that's missing from like the current sketch mainstream i should say sketch uh landscape i guess just because personally i feel like a lot of the mainstream shows like snl um and even if there are any other like sketch shows on cable right now it feels like they're so predictable it feels like it's wow. like we know what we're gonna get and it's not gonna be that funny or it's just they're not going to be allowed to say what they really want to say. What are you just your general thoughts on like how sketch comedy in the mainstream media is kind of presented now compared to when it was like back in the day? Uh, yeah, I think they're much more risk averse. And I mean, yeah, sketch comedy has pretty much died out uh, in like, you know, mainstream, like traditional like TV and uh it you know there's tons of incredible sketch comedians on social media and you know, across the internet but yeah it, it's it's really hard to you don't you don't see like like you know 90s snl even like early 2000s snl like they were taking big risks and uh they weren't really i feel like they were just trying to they were just trying to make shit that they thought was funny and not worried as much about like trying to please the audience and now 
I think they're trying to like, I guess like please everyone when like, when you try to, when you try to please everyone, you end up like pleasing no one. Right. It's just, it becomes so watered down. Yeah. And it's impossible to please everyone. And then you're just like, you're taking jokes out. And I think Steve Harvey said on um, Jerry Seinfeld show on Netflix one time, he said like, no matter what it is, a joke will offend someone in some way. And it can't be a joke if it doesn't offend anyone. Yeah. Uh, And I think, you know, it's our, I agree with that. Like people are very easily offended like now more than ever. And our comedy is like we, we don't make anything that's intended to offend someone. It's meant to offend someone. Our number one rule, and I think it's another reason why like we've been able to bring back this kind of like party lifestyle comedy, this fraternity comedy, is that our number one rule is like don't punch down, like no punching down. We make fun of ourselves. We're self-aware. We're self-deprecating. Um, it's yeah. We don't make jokes at other people's expense. Uh, and I think is if you kind of have that as like your north star, like is this joke? Are we trying to make a joke? Are we trying to make fun of someone? Or uh, like, is there a way to kind of like reframe this joke and have like you know make it about ourselves? Like we're the part of the joke um and not you know not punch down and that is what i found like frustrating with how like the past 10 15 years a lot of like the great you know apatow comedies and will ferrell comedies and uh you know that like the kind of the golden era of you know big block blockbuster comedy movies died out is because people were just scared to go near it because of the, you know, there are elements of it that were like problematic and like you can't you, know, you have to you have to <laughs> remove a few lines remove a few scenes but overall there's still like there's so many like hilarious characters and stories um but people just were either too lazy or like you know not thoughtful enough to just think about oh well what if we just re- reframe it a bit and make it so that it now it's more accessible. You're not punching down. You're not making fun of people, um, because there's still like it is. It's a comedy goldmine. Like that, even like all the way back, like National Lampoon and Caddyshack, and um, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say Animal House because there are some like really bad scenes in that. But there's there's a way to make Animal House palatable for a 2023 audience. You got to do more heavy lifting than. Some others but you know a, a great example is like old school that mm. movie is it's like almost perfect yeah it's like there are a couple moments in that movie that you, ha- you just have to change and it doesn't take away from the con like the movie doesn't change it's like it just becomes less offensive it's like just you know <laughs> mitch's character should not have sex with an 18 year old <laughs> yeah, and that's probably one change that we could make it. Yeah, but like you know, he's thirty. Just like you know, you can easily you easily don't you don't need that scene. Yeah, like or just make her like six years older. Like you, just, you don't need it to be that young. Again, it doesn't change the movie fundamentally. It doesn't make it less funny or less entertaining. Um, but I think people look at that movie and they go, and they, they write it off. Or, oh, that movie's problematic because of that scene. It's like, well, no, it's not. Like the majority of that movie is fucking hilarious. 
Um, so there's a way to repurpose it that makes it enjoyable for everyone. Absolutely. And similar movie that came to my mind, that's one of my all-time favorites is Stripes with Bill Murray. It's like, I that movie is one of the few movies that changed my life. Cause I was like, oh, I want to be that guy. Like I want to be that guy that's like, coming out with zingers and one-liners and just a yeah. wise ass all the time and it just seemed like there are scenes in that movie that are probably could get cut out but like they're it's i think it's, it's still really important to keep those movies in the conversation in the mainstream like entertainment because they pave the way they yeah. introduce things whether it's through comedy or something else that has changed how movies are made or changed someone else and inspired other movies along the way um so like, were there any specific, I mean, you mentioned Caddyshack, old school, like, were there any other specific movies that really kind of lit the spark for you to pursue or at least get interested in comedy or making sketches and movies and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, one of, maybe my biggest influence uh, were the Good Neighbor stuff guys, Kyle Moody, Beck Bennett, and... Um, uh nick uh oh wait, i forget his last name uh that's what let's call him nick uh every nick that's listening to yeah. this will be thrilled <laughs> they uh those dudes were just like it was it was so simple it was just dave mccary with a handheld camera and like filming kyle and beck and nick like do really just like lo-fi sketches and characters and just seeing like how much fun they were having and uh and also like just how funny it was and how comforting like it just made me feel like comfortable like whenever like i, I would like get home like drunk from a bar and i would just like watch their sketches uh because it, it just like brought me so much happiness um and it was such escapism yeah you and just so, want a guaranteed laugh yeah and that was like that watching those youtube sketches was what inspired me. I was like, I like, I just want to move to the West Coast and make sketch comedy. Like, I don't even give a fuck if I'm good at it. Like, I just want to. Right. It just seemed like they were like really enjoying life. It didn't take it too seriously, uh, and it looked like a good time. <laughs> and uh, so that was that's kind of what I would say really fueled, but like my uh, you know desire to do sketch comedy, and then in the like more like scripted tv space um it's always sunny has been like th that's my bible you know i i think the first the first six seasons i think after season seven it kind of dropped off but like seasons one through six and some of season seven are like seasons one through six didn't didn't miss every single episode is fucking like start to finish hilarious yeah. rapid fire jokes characters are great uh and i've you know i've re rewatched that so more times than like i can even count and i still do i mean last night i was literally watching uh the episode of uh where the dennis and matt become real estate agents hugh honey and vic vinegar <laughs> i forgot uh, and there, there's yeah. so many great episodes i forget some of them sometimes yeah it's and it, it, now even like rewatching it for like the 150th time there are still like lines or like looks from Danny DeVito that I've never seen before and like this it's just it's perfect and that uh that show again is the same 
kind of sensation with like good neighbor stuff where like I just it makes me feel so comfortable like I I you know it, like it's a, it's almost like my lullaby now like it just helps me fall asleep because I'm a, I'm in this world that I love with these characters uh and I've always always been like you know my dream to like I want to make the next you know the next version of that for like a, a more you know the modern generation um and that yeah i would say that like that is kind of it's always sunny and you can never suffer the two two uh, comedy groups that uh, or just like motivated me to try and do this so do you feel more pressure now now that friday beers has kind of become what's become and uh i would imagine that there would be a lot of pressure to deliver on each sketch because you keep up in the bar and more people are gravitating towards it. Are you aware of that? Or are you just like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to tune out the noise. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow first creative instinct. Uh, there's definitely more pressure, but uh, it's more in the, in the sense of like building a business because, you know, building a media company involves so much more than like the creative side of things like uh it's yeah it's understanding how to monetize and you know like build brands and you know set up company structure and all the gary v keywords yeah it's and luckily again jack genius uh he's he handles all the business side of stuff (laughs) but but there's still like you know there's moments yeah like you know we got to pay attention to like how the, how the merch is doing and like merch designs and like why isn't it selling and how do we how do we promote it and a lot of it has become like strategic and it's and it's gotten away from just being pure creative which uh um the, that side like the, the creative side of things like writing and being funny um i, I don't feel pressure in the sense that like we like uh, we're not going to be funny like we have we have such an incredible comedy team here it's it's just about like finding the time <laughs> like because we have so much other shit going on <laughs> if i if we didn't have to do anything else if we just like write and shoot and film content like yeah i would i don't think i'd feel any pressure at all but when you try to condense creativity into like a, a finite you know, amount of time, like, hey, you can only be creative for two hours. And that's when I feel pressure. That's when I'm like, well, it's not, you know, you can't like systemize creativity like that. You know, it's not like we're, we're building like a chair where like, I know how long this is going to take. It's like, you want me to write four funny sketches? Like, maybe it'll take two hours, maybe it'll take two days, I don't know. But now with all like the time constraints that we have to deal with in building a business, it's like, okay, turn around this outline in two days it's like oh fuck so that's where the pressure comes in but um yeah it's uh in general it's really it's really um more about like the the business building and like running a company and building a a media brand that yeah that sounds brutal like that (laughs) that does not sound like uh sound like my forte i mean so so what is the um what are your guys plans for the future like what are the the goals moving forward that to take friday beers from um an instagram account to all of a sudden 
not all of a sudden, I shouldn't say that, but to another level where it's more than just that, it's a certified media network. And this isn't just an internet thing. No, this is like brick and mortar, figuratively speaking. And we're going to do major, major projects. Like what are those plans looking like? Uh, It's, we actually just had a, we had a conversation last night about this um, with all like the kind of like the top dogs here, <laughs> but uh, it's dude, it it is uh, it requires like a a lot of time and thought and conversation. Um, but I think you know the the goals are yeah, obviously it started with an Instagram account and now that Instagram account lives under an umbrella company, Almost Friday Media. And underneath Almost Friday Be- Media, along with, you know, obviously there's Friday Beers, but then we have 10 to 12 other accounts that we, you know, operate and oversee. And um, and they all need to be, you know, staffed and like serviced properly and like running efficiently and posting frequently. So I think, you know, the the goal is really to establish almost Friday media and all like its accounts as um, the, I would say like the most reliable and like consistent source of funny, entertaining content across the internet. Um, that That's the goal in its simplest terms. And the evolution of that for me personally, is I want to, you know, establish Friday Beers as, you know, the premier comedy brand, you know, in the country, in the world, you know, as, as far as we can go. But, you know, I, I want it to be seen um, as like, you know, not just across social media, but with TV projects and, and you know, great comedy movies. And I want... Uh, yeah, I want to establish us as a, as a real player in like the more traditional, uh, you know, entertainment circles. And I want to bring back like the It's Always Sunny style TV shows. And I want to bring back the old schools and the super bads. Um, and I want to obviously write it myself in, in, in some, some cases. And then I also want to help like incubate it and like shepherd it and like bring bring the, these like-minded meetings together and um and just yeah you know just like bring the great like rewatchable hard laugh comedies back uh so that you know that's that's kind of where uh where, where like my my passion really lies um and then for like the rest of the almost friday media business um, I would say like each each account kind of has a different character personality to it, and there are uh, yeah different extensions into like you know a number of different areas. Whether it is like ETC products, and you know we're making our own beer, and we're we're coming out with like card games, and obviously we're still doing merch, and we're throwing live events. So there's gonna there's a ton of this though. Know, ecosystem of products and services and entertainment is, is just going to continue to grow. Um, 
so the, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces uh so there's yeah a, a lot to uh, a lot to look forward to dude fire me up i'm ready to run through this fucking wall right <laughs> you guys taking interns by any chance god, god I'm... Wait, wait. we have some openings please please that's <laughs> all i want is just, just get better at comedy that's all i want um, well, I'll, I'll tell you it just the way to get better is just getting your reps in just get you know even if you're not ready to post it just make videos write sketches write scripts um you know i have i have so many um like hidden youtube videos that like we'll never see the light unlisted just yeah yeah but it's just about like yeah learn you know sharpening your your pencil like getting better at editing whatever it is that you want to do um it just comes it comes with repetition like anything else awesome well send me the internship openings i'll fucking i'll do whatever not that not that much but i'll do whatever but uh yeah max thanks for coming on the show really appreciate it man dude anytime thanks for having me on dog